Goodman Radio Show. And here is the studio orchestra of the Spud Goodman Show, sartorially regaled in sequined jumpsuit and cantilevered pompadour, the world's only accordion-playing Elvis impersonator, Accordion Joe. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. He calls to you, who the social outcast. Yes, you who are rejected. He wants you, he needs you, he loves you. Here comes the Spud Man, he goes down easy. Here comes the Spud Man. It's the Spud Goodman Show. Let's get ready. Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, I am Spud, Spud Goodman. Spud <laughs> man. I'm laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> I'm about to begin this little radio program, and I'm sure hoping everyone out there has a like a small window of time available. 58 and a half minutes, to be specific. Because, you know, this could actually be a pretty decent show. Yeah, it, it's too early to tell for sure right now, but there's a fairly good chance you will leave a satisfied listener. Time will tell, though, actually. I mean, we know that. Okay, let me now introduce our show's designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy. Give us a state-of-the-art chuckle, if you would. You got it. (laughs) There you go. I have to admit, that was not bad. You know, I, yeah, well, I've received some comments you know, on on our page, show page, Facebook page, recently that, I, that I'm too critical about your laughing skills, you know, because I have mentioned on the air that sometimes you, you just don't seem to perform up to your capabilities, you know, and I, I would like to set the record straight right now. You are a valuable member of this show, but yes, occasionally it, it seems like, you know, you, you're phoning it in, um, you know, when called upon to deliver a heartfelt laugh. But overall, let me just, I got to make this clear. Overall, you do a pretty darn good job. Well, um, yeah, sometimes I'm feeling it and sometimes not so much. I think that this is your way of telling me something. All right. Okay. I hear you. And now I'm supposed to introduce our show's temporary permanent co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Uh, this is your moment, your your one shining moment to make contact with our listeners. Don't blow it by overreaching. You know, by babbling nonstop, just a simple, hi, I'm glad to be here, will suffice. Yes! Well, and I I am glad to be here, really glad. And you know what? The reason I'm so excited is because I... You're bordering already on a long-winded diatribe. Uh, Are you sure you want to push the envelope by continuing your filibuster? And if I say yes... And I finish what I look in the best interests of mankind. The answer to that would be no. And now I'm supposed to bring on our show's intern chance Uh, for the first time. Listeners, you might be wondering, why are we formally introducing an intern? That is a good question, as I am only following orders from management. You see, they actually believe, you know, uh, from the listener research they paid for that This kid is the most popular person on the show, and they want all of us to promote that. So, Mr. Popular, are you there on the line? Yes, I am here. 
I almost fell asleep when you were doing your opening statement. Uh, I liked it so much better when we were able to do this show in the studio. You were not so uh, disrespectful, you know, when we were face-to-face. -face. You seemed so much braver over the phone. I am not the same person I was back when we did this show in the studio. After learning the news that I am so popular with the listeners, well, it has been growth producing. I feel a lot more confident about my talents and I will never again allow myself to be controlled by others who have serious, almost insurmountable insecurities. But my, my insecurities are not insurmountable. I mean, that remark was uncalled for. Aunt Dorothy, do you find yourself now wishing the old chance was around? You know, that shy and quiet, unassuming kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, watching Chance growth, him becoming the grown man he is now, well, it has only increased my love for him, and I'm counting the days until I will be his bride. Seriously? Seriously. Whatever. Uh -huh. So, you know, what I, what I wanted to discuss on this episode was the new normal we have in our lives now that the former president no longer has the ability to disrupt our mental health. You know, that four-year show is over and the world is such a happier place. Uh, okay, uh, you know, at least a more stable place. Oh. I, I, I so don't agree with that crude statement you just made, Spud. You know what? Donald Trump will go down as not just our greatest president, but the greatest leader in world history. I love the poorly educated. Uh, yeah. No, he won't. But what I oh, was yeah. thinking, you know, is just how boring it is. You know, now when, when I start each day... Uh, you know, when I pick up my phone and scan Twitter, Facebook, and news alerts, the, the chaos has basically ended, and it's taken me some time to adjust. I, I can't be the only one ex experiencing this. Oh, well, I know I'm a much happier person. There's nothing like starting the day now and not being embarrassed to be a member of the human race. I, I haven't noticed anything different since Trump left office. I didn't pay attention to him then, and I sure don't now. Uh, well, that right there is enough reason to ditch those marriage plans, Aunt Dorothy. I, I'm not oh. saying your future husband has to be like a partisan, you know, observer, but at least he should be aware of the depths of hell we all just went through. You know, you Trump haters are something else. You, you know, you watch. After a few more months, go, you know, go on, you too will be missing him. I, myself, find large void in my life but i'm reassured when i keep telling myself that 2024 is just around the corner and until then i will continue to focus on how he made america so great again seek immediate medical help for an erection lasting more than four hours yeah so great uh, you know a while back at that cpac conference they held in florida uh you know for yeah. his groupies Remember when they, you had to have seen this on the news, when they rolled out that golden statue of them and everyone got their picture taken with it? That, that might have been the tipping point, you know, in the complete destruction of Western civilization. We got a lot of work to do to put this whole thing back together. 
dope. Bud, you're so prone to hyperbole. You know, there was nothing wrong with those people taking pictures with the Donald Trump statue. In fact, I just bought my own miniature replica of it online. It's what? supposed to arrive any day now, and I will, of course, take my own photo with it and post it on my Facebook page. Well, that ought to be good for losing at least 50% of your Facebook friends. Uh, oh, and another thing, uh, you know, this is something that I've been thinking about. With all that voter suppression garbage your party is trying to pull now, pretty soon the only people able to vote will be those, you know, who know the required secret handshake. And I, I seriously doubt you guys are, are going to share it with others. Yeah, I talk about a rigged election. And Gerald, also, I would advise you not to make public any picture of you with a mini Donald Trump statue. Your children are still in school. Don't be the parent that makes the lives of their kids miserable for posting stupid stuff. Yes! Yeah, I'm pretty sure, though, you were, you were canceled long ago, but, Gerald, you know, let's be real. But, but, but think of the people who work with you, okay? Uh, don't be selfish and, and think your stupidity doesn't affect others. You dick! You know, that image could be around for decades. Think about that, okay? But anyway, why don't I play some music right now? Um, okay, this, this song goes out to, to Rick and everyone at Radio Memphis. It's an all-time classic. Uh, yeah, here's Johnny Cash with Going to Memphis uh, off his amazing 1960 album, Ride This Train. Ride this train to Pine Ridge, Mississippi. See that levee there? It's built to hold back the waters of Old Man River when he gets on a rampage. And he gets on a rampage, believe me. One of these days, he's going to come right over that levee. We're going to have to head for the hills again. And you know how that levee was built, mister? Not with machines. It was built with elbow grease. They got the men off the farms, out of the houses, even out of the honky-tonks on Saturday night. I don't hardly know how it happened to me. It happens fast. I just remember I was in the Green Lantern in Natchez one Saturday night. And somebody pulled a knife and somebody threw a bottle. And the next thing I knew, I had a chain on my leg and a shovel in my hand. It seemed like a whole world come down on me. They whipped us like mules, and they did feed us. There's always a fight or a killing over who's going to get the biggest piece of meat. Of course, the boss man didn't care about the killings. That is, unless you killed a good worker, then you could kill. If you complain about anything, it's just liable to give you a chance to get away. You know what I mean? They take the chains off of your legs and beg you to run so they can shoot you. Bring a drink of water, Leroy. Bring a drink of water. No. If I could get to the mercy man, he'd give me some, I know. I got a gal in Vicksburg. Bertha is her name. Wish I was tied to Bertha instead of this ball and chain. I'm going to Memphis. That's right, yeah. A dude took all my money, wouldn't let me see the cars. I owe the boss about a hundred years for sleeping in his backyard. I'm going to Memphis. Yeah, Memphis. Yeah, I'm going to Memphis. Mm, 
like a bitter weed I'm a bad seed But when that levee's through And I am too Let the hockey talk roll on Come on and I'll be gone I'm going to Memphis I never been to Chicago, but it must be a mighty fine place. I couldn't get past Tennessee with Mississippi all over my face. I'm going to Memphis. Well, the freezing ground at night is my own folding bed. Poke salad is my bread and meat, and it will be till I'm dead. Well, I brought me a little water in a Mr. Prince Albert can. But the boss man caught me drinking it, and I believe he broke my hand. They all call me crazy for slashing Mr. Scott. My brother was killed for a deed I did, but I disremember what. Yeah. Well, another boy is down. The shovel burned him out. Let me stand on his body to see what the shouting's about. I'm going to Memphis. Yeah, I'm going to Memphis. Like a bitter weed, I'm a bad seed But when the levee's through, and I am too Let the hockey talk roll on Come on and I'll be gone I'm going to Memphis, yeah Hey, this is Jeff Foxworthy, and I've reached the pinnacle of my career. I'm on the Spud Goodman Show. All right. Uh, hey, Spud, your first guest, Stephen Weber, is ready to go. All right. You know, Stephen's been on about a billion different films and TV shows. Who does not know who Stephen Weber is? Oh, I don't think you really want to ask Gerald that question. I myself have been a fan of Stephen for years. I never missed an episode of Wings. Okay, Stephen Stephen Weber, Stephen Weber. Uh, was he on that ER show? Hey, 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 you shut your face! No, he was not. You know, besides the many years on Wings and all the other movies and, and TV shows, you, you may remember him. Maybe from like NCIS, you know, uh, New Orleans, I believe it was. And, and, and I really dug him on Get Shorty. He, he was so good as that creepy movie producer. Uh, he is guest starring right now in, a, in an NBC series, uh, Chicago Med. Yes. And I like Get Shorty on Epics a lot. Oh, okay, then. I will set the VCR for uh, this Chicago Med this week, and I'll put Stephen through. Say hello to actor Stephen Weber. We appreciate you coming on our show. Thank you so much, Bud. Good to speak to you. Yeah, so you're now appearing on the NBC show Chicago Med, uh, on airing on Wednesdays yeah. at 8, 7 Central. 
It's you're, true. Yeah, so you're... I'm lucky enough to be part of the uh, Chicago Wheel. Yeah. As a veteran of so many series over the years, how is it dropping in and, and then moving on rather than doing, like, many seasons of a show? Yeah, look, it's a little strange, but it's part of the job. You're jumping onto a moving train and you're meeting new people and frequently encountering people that you've worked with in the past. So it's actually something that's kind of fun for me. Um, it, it describes a journeyman actor, and uh, this is what I always wanted to be. And so, you know, you move from town to town, kind of like a, a, a wanderer, a loner. Uh-huh. All right, super. Well, looking back, I got—I wanted to ask you this. Uh, it's a question about your father, Stuart Weber. I understand he represented many comedians back in the day on the Borscht Belt. Um, that, that must have been so cool for you. I mean, as a kid, to, to be in that world, how, how was that? It was interesting. Uh, you know, it, it was a little—it was a little bit steamy too. It's like, yeah, you know, how the sausage is made in a way. You know, it's. Uh, because uh, you have one persona, the person on stage, and they're slick and funny, and and then you go back into the dressing room where my father would frequently, you know, kind of critique the the act, and then you know you, you see you see people without their makeup, uh, figuratively and literally, and it's it's very eye-opening. It kind of prepared me for the du- the duality of this this industry. You know, there's the front that everybody sees, and then there's the which is the facade, and then um, and then the darker side. Uh, but it was really fascinating and populated by a lot of cool characters. Yeah. Is there anybody in particular, maybe the that you hung out with that that our listeners might recognize? Well, um, my father's main um, act was a comedian who's no longer with us. His name was Pat Henry, and Pat okay. actually opened for Sinatra for many years, nearly twenty years. And so when I was a little kid, I mean, my gosh, I probably was maybe 12, 11 or 12. I had the opportunity to, to go to a couple of Sinatra concerts and go backstage. And and uh, I heard him, you know, warming up in the dressing room next to me. I never got a chance to meet him. My father was friends with him. And, um, and so a lot of the characters that one would associate with Frank Sinatra, you know, it was pretty pretty interesting pretty oh, you know, yeah. spectacular actually yeah we, we had Don Rickles on and he, he shared a, a story that he shared probably many times about, about him and Frank uh, yeah that was that was that was the golden era man anyway alright I'll, I'll move on but I'm fascinated by that um, alright <laughs> I gotta ask you yeah. this are you a distant family member of Stephen King because you've been in just about every project of his that's ever made it to air on TV he must really <laughs> like you well, it's a bit of an exaggeration. I'm, I'm, there's no relation, but uh, yeah, I was fortunate enough to be involved in a few projects uh, a few. and his name on them, and most notably the the Shining miniseries that we did in the uh, say the 90s, I guess, uh, and and but uh, uh, for ABC, which was a lot of fun. And he was there every day, and we got a chance to meet him and observe him and and become friends with him. Yeah, well, um... excuse me, Spud. What? Well, I, I don't want to interrupt your conversation with Stephen, but I was just thinking. But you just did interrupt my conversation with Stephen. Uh, hey, man, I'll be right back. This had better be important. What do you want? Yeah, okay, well, I was thinking last night in bed. I couldn't get to sleep, so my mind was wandering, you know? And, and I, I wanted to say this before I forget. Uh, you know, sometimes I get caught up in something and I forget what I wanted to say. So 
this is that moment. And I need to say this before I forget. Um, and, and speaking of forgetting, Spud, do you find yourself often forgetting things like uh, not remembering why, say, you put on a ski parka on a sunny summer day or uh, why you ended up driving to like Costco when you were already stocked full up with just about everything that could fit in your basement? You know, I was startled to find myself in the Costco parking lot last Saturday wondering how did I get here? Uh, no, I would not say I have ever ended up somewhere I didn't decide to be at. All right? Uh, can I get back to Stephen? Oh, hey, Gerald, there's medication out there that might take care of your problem. And, uh, dude, so what did you want to ask me? Uh, I, 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 you know what? I may have forgotten now. It's right on the tip of my tongue. I hate to have Stephen wait for me to remember. You know what? Just just finish up the interview. Thanks. I will. Okay, Stephen, I'm back. Well, you know, this is what we were discussing on on this episode. Uh, you know, I've read that you've been politically active. Uh, you know, in the past years, and we, we we've been kicking this around. How wonderfully boring it is now. Waking up each morning as we check out Twitter and cable news, it's a much healthier way to start the day. Do you have a bit more pep in your step right now? Because I know I do. I, I absolutely do. You know, I'm not, not looking over my shoulder as much. Uh, I, I think the, you know, the the job of government is to not be sensationalistic, is to not be provocative, but to, but to do, do the job it was put in place to do. And I'm I'm very grateful that, you know, things are calmed down and not so angsty and and uh, provocative. I think that's a. That's a way to shorten your lifespan, you know, and, and that's one reason why I really got off social media. <laughs> to be truthful, I was on Twitter for a long time and, you know, and, and kind of part of the herd getting swept up in things. And I realized that this was not doing me a hell of a lot of good. So I've, I, I've kind of calmed, calmed myself as a result. And things are much better. Yeah. Well, you're a stronger person than I because I, I, yeah, I haven't been able to kick it yet, but all right. Um, well, yeah. Regarding your your past work, I have to say, now this is a particular role that you, you took on. You, you played the character Lawrence Budd on, on Get Shorty. Uh, you, that was that was a great role. Oh, yeah. Was was there anyone in Hollywood that you drew from for your performance on that one? Because I know you can't name names, but over the years you must have come in contact with a, a couple of misguided souls in five thousand dollars suits. <laughs> well, I, there's nobody nobody really in particular. You know, the role was written way I didn't really have to draw on anything I just basically had to fulfill the writer Davy Holmes's uh, premise and uh, in the best way I could but he was clearly um, uh, drawing from from well-known characters look you know there are people in, in the industry that find themselves in positions of power and they don't know how to handle it in fact they they kind of uh, exploit people for yes. their own personal gain and this was a character that did just that, you know, and, and arguably you'd find that dynamic in, in a lot of businesses, right? You know, where people just kind of flout the, their position and they, uh, in order to make themselves feel taller, they've got to cut somebody's legs off. You know, this guy was like that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, cool. Well, let, let me only close the conversation because I know you got a scoop, but this is my standard talk show host question. But with you, uh, it, this could be quite rich. Uh, Stephen Weber, what has been your most memorable moment in showbiz? Oh, boy, that's a hard one. I have to say that uh, appearing on Broadway in, um, 
Mel Brooks's uh, The Producers,、oh, uh, which you, I did、oh. for about ten months, was、oh, uh, was an amazing, amazing time. And、um, to me, there's nothing there's nothing like being on a stage. I mean, I, I absolutely am grateful for my career on screen and you know on TV, but、uh, the theater is where it's at. You have a real connection with a, a live audience, and they have a connection with you. Pretty special. Well, let's hope that's back real soon. Let's just leave it at that.、So. All right.、Uh, we we just really want to thank you so much for checking in with us.、Uh, thank you so much for having me. Have a great day. You too, Mr. Stephen Weber. Spud's not going anywhere, and neither should you. The Spud Goodman Radio Show returns in just a moment. What's going on, man? It's your boy David Oliva and DJ Jersey here, rocking with Spud Goodman with Aunt Dorothy. We got Gerald in the house. Chance the intern. Man, these guys are killing it out here on the Spud Goodman Show, man. Spud Goodman Show. Check me out at Real Olivas. DJ Jersey, everything. Listening to Spud Goodman will might be hazardous for your health, but we don't know. We don't care. It's、right, the listen, Spud Goodman Show. All the good stuff is hazardous for your health. We now return to more action-packed thrills and excitement on the Spud Goodman Radio Show. You know, regarding what we were discussing before, has anyone noticed how boring cable news is too these days?、Um, it's like a different world. At you know, after Trump. Well, cable news has lost a bit of its urgency for sure. Of course, I still tune in to catch Ari Melber on MSNBC, but that's mostly because he's such a fox. A real hunk. Ooh, yeah. Chance, does your fiance's crush on Ari Melber get on your nerves? Hey, he's a good-looking dude. I mean, that fresh stubble look of his—it it, it works, man. It just just works. True love allows one to free their partner to appreciate the hotness of others. But I also have my own objects of desire, like. The woman who plays Queen Elizabeth on that Crown Netflix show. I don't watch cable news, and I don't generally like programs about the royal family. But she is so darn attractive. I think you mean Olivia Coleman. Yeah, that's her name. Dorothy is secure enough to allow me my crushes too. That is a sign of true love. That's so hot. Oh, I, I would disagree there, Chance. No good will come from lusting at others on TV. It, it can only lead to future acts of adultery. So keep that in mind the next time you're tuned into that、uh, Crown show. So, Mr. Fox Nation, do, do you find yourself not like not watching as much cable news? Well, we do love Fox, but my wife and I also watch a little Newsmax and occasionally OANN. You know,、uh, when a Fox host gets a little squishy and tries to do both sides of stuff. Fair and balanced. It's who we are. Oh, I understand that you wouldn't want to hear all sides of a topic, as there's only so much space in some people's brains. Yeah, well, I believe you're being facetious, Mrs. Jarvis. But I was brought up to believe there's only one side to the truth. Fair and balanced. It's who we are. Are you saying that Fox News is a bit too soft for you and your wife? Probably these days, because、uh, you guys watch together, right?、Uh, you do everything、yeah. together. I, I don't think you've watched it carefully. They are hardcore now. I, I keep expecting to see them change their logo to a, a reasonable facsimile、uh, of the Confederate battle flag. They, they, they don't play around now. 
last week, my dad said pretty soon all the hosts on Fox News will be holding tiki torches on their shows. Whatever that means. I do or did, you know, watch a lot of Fox News. It was scary at times, but necessary, you know, for my job as a talk show host. But since the election, they have turned it up to like 13 or 14. It seems like they're frightened, maybe, to say anything those proud guys might not enjoy. You know, worried that they'll, they might get a knock at their door from them. It's really bad TV now, if you ask me. Shut up and dribble. Well, what would you call good TV? CNN or that MSNDC? Uh, certainly, you liberals know you're being lied to with all that misinformation. Sean Spicer, our press secretary, gave alternative facts to that. For instance, you probably doubt that Donald Trump saved this country from an invasion of illegal aliens. Now, that could have sunk our country. And there were millions of caravans with possibly billions heading to this country before he stood up and said, no, there is no vacancy in America. We are full. And that took great courage. Oh, not really. It just took a tweet or two to make us all look like ugly Americans. As far as what is good TV, have you seen the recent ratings uh, for, for cable news, you know, the networks? Check this out. Rachel Maddow now has the number one rated cable news show. Fox no longer rules, at least in that non-geezer demographic, you know, the the people who buy stuff other than adult diapers and gold. Courtney, Chloe. Well, yes, I have bought gold in the past few years, but that does not make me a geezer spud. My grandfather buys gold. He's always talking about surviving the next depression. How many prior depressions were there? You know, your grandfather sounds like a very wise man, Chance. With the socialists currently controlling our government, we could have a new depression any day now. Yeah, he is kind of smart, except for the slight dementia my grandmother says he has. And my dad says he has a lot of gold stored somewhere, but no one knows where it is. We're coming for you, globalist! Yeah, okay. Can can someone check and see if our next guest is ready to go? Oh, yeah. And Spud, I know you will be excited about this. J.B. Smoove and Brian Hooks are waiting to speak with you. Very cool. Well, you know how much I love J.B. Uh, I I guess he and Brian have this production company, you know, teaching filmmaking to at-risk kids. It's important stuff that can impact lives and future careers. We need to get the word out about what they're doing. Oh, boy. Anything J.B. is involved with, count me in, as he is a very special person and funny as hell, too. Absolutely, Aunt Dorothy. I'm guessing it's tough to pull this off during a like a public health crisis, though. Uh, say, do you think they would ever let maybe an older guy take a few sessions? Uh, I've always been interested in filmmaking. Ever since I bought our family's first camcorder years ago, I must have shot maybe 150 or so VHS tapes filled with family stuff and, and some of my own creative work. Some of it I've never shown to my wife or kids. All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. You want to take up a spot in a class dedicated to at-risk youth? Damn, that is some serious selfishness. And no way I'm going to ask them that, okay? Just put them through. Here they are. 
All right, please welcome actor, director, Brian Hooks. And, uh, okay, I'm just going to say it, quite possibly our most favorite guest, Mr. J.B. Smoove. Thanks a lot, guys, for checking in with us. Yes. Well, okay, you guys are both now through your nonprofit organization, Left of Bang Productions, are running workshops and classes on filmmaking with at-risk kids. Uh, I take it now uh, mostly uh, virtual. Uh, tell us about the project. Left the Bang Entertainment, and what it does is extends the olive branch from the inner city onto the Hollywood movie set, allowing these uh, youth to experience a piece of the Hollywood magic. And the goal was to have them in person and on set, and once the pandemic hit, we were forced to sort of regroup and uh, scramble, and, uh, and it turned into a virtual thing. So now we have this online filmmaking class where the kids are coming on and they're learning the basics of filmmaking. Um, and it's keeping them engaged and off the streets and out of trouble. And we want to be that other option for them. We want to be the role model for them and uh, push them in the right direction. And through the school, we had some pretty amazing people come on. Uh, Anthony Anderson, uh, oh. Vivica Fox, Craig Robinson, and but and then the one and only, uh, my man, Mr. J.B. Smooth, who yeah. they absolutely went nuts for. Yeah, I can understand that. Uh Okay, well, I got to get this out of the way right away. So, uh, JB, um, I got to ask you about Curb Your Enthusiasm Season 11. Were you able to crank it out during the pandemic? Oh, man, we, we are going at it right now, man. We are, uh, as I speak, we are uh, we are back, you know. Yes. We, uh, of course, with all the COVID uh, safety uh, 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 protocols in place, we are you know, small crew, we are knocking it out, man, and um, we're having so much fun, man. Um, it's good to be back for season 11, man. This is, um, you know, this is another extension of what, you know, what this is, man, of what, what is the fun thing about what we do, man. We get a chance to bring laughter, bring joy, you know, and uh, but, but, but we also get a chance to expand our horizons, man. This is all, all wrapped in what, you know, Brian's program is doing right now. It is, it is literally planting new seeds uh, for these young people, and they, these, these are all going to grow at some point. You know, all these new fresh minds, all these new fresh uh, thoughts and writing and, and getting behind that camera, man. This is, and, and when I'm on a set of curb, man, I, I always think of, think about while I'm having a great time and I'm, you know, and I'm, and, you know, and I'm working with Larry and all the amazing crew. We, we have an amazing crew, amazing cast, man, and we are laughing and enjoying ourselves, staying safe at the same time. But this is all, this is what it's about, man. This is what it's about. And when I'm on, um, you know, I got on with the young people, you know, that's my, my enthusiasm, you know, pun intended, is because I know how great of an opportunity these young people are going to have right now, you know, with the, you know, with the with everyone looking for projects right now. Right. You know, me being on Kirby Enthusiasm, working with Larry is just an extension of what the possibilities are, man. I'm I'm absolutely loving the new process. The new season is hilarious as always. My my character Leon is having a, a great time. <laughs> awesome. Well that, that's great to hear. Uh, Spud. Yes. Well, if I may interject here, I have a question for JB, if you don't mind. I know you're somewhat possessive of your favorite guests, but I never get an opportunity to maybe establish a rapport with them. It could only help the show. I know how you tend to jealously hold Hey, hey guys, hey guys, uh, I, I got to take care of something here. I'll, I'll be right back. 
Oh, don't worry about it. What are you mumbling about? I'm just saying that maybe JB and Brian might appreciate my input into this conversation. You know, I'm very skilled at making an instant connection with people on the phone. I think it might go back to my college years when I worked my way through school as a telemarketer. I had this special ability to make people like me within seconds of our conversation. And I think- Look, there's I no way in hell I'm gonna let you barge into my conversation with JB and Ben, okay? It, it could upset their whole day, you know? Especially when you start blathering a bunch of nonsense like you normally do. Oh, he's, he's right, Gerald. You would kill the vibe of this interview. I'm betting they would probably just hang up at the sound of your voice. Oh, Mrs. Jarvitz, that is a very mean thing to say. People love to speak with me on the phone. Uh, just let me get back to him, okay? All right, sorry about that, but I'm back. Well, Brian, let me ask you this. As an indie film director, you've been called the king of straight-to-DVD films in the past. But during this period you know, of time that we're in now, it would seem your experience in like bypassing the theatrical release game gives you a leg up on some of your peers who might now be a little bit envious of your skills. Like, you know, on-demand and streaming at home seems to be the go-to option now. You're absolutely right. It has sort of, uh, it, it sort of leveled the playing field, uh, is exactly what it's done. And, you know, my, uh, years of having to make, uh, films with one hand tied behind my back has, uh, been a blessing in this era because now I can push forward when I want, how I want, with who I want to make a film. And, you know, the, the ultimate platform now is, uh, streaming. So be it through any digital platform. And so it's leveled the playing field and, um, you know, others might not like it, but I'm loving it. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Um, okay. Well, hey, yeah. J JB, I got to ask you this. <laughs> Have you ever found that sash on your robe that was missing? You know, when you were on last time, you said you were wearing a robe that you lost the sash and was hanging open, which might be causing, you know, could have caused some uncomfortable moments. Oh, man, I would love it from spares, man. But you know what? That was, let me tell, tell you how I, you know what, when, when I'm taking on a character sometimes, I'm going to tell you what I do Sometimes I like to create these, these these things, these things that if you're watching closely, you notice about a character. You know what I mean? So when when I when I got the role of Leon on Kirby Enthusiasm, and they gave me a robe, I told them, I said, look, I don't want the I don't want a belt, you know, a, a slash a, a slash because it just it just felt like the character would like to have it open once in a while he would like to put his hand up there on his to hold it together once in a while just to make the character interesting you know i, I, I found it to be funny that he didn't have one but if you have some extra ones i do you know <laughs> uh, that match you know i think my i think my role may be terry claw you know if, he, if it's terry claw if you have one that matches man by, uh, by all means please I would love to have it, man. I would love to have it. I don't know about Terracon. I think I got a velour one. Velour might might, might work, but all right. Well, hey, I, I, I know you guys got to scoot and you're really busy. So let me say again that uh, your nonprofit organization, Left of Bang Productions, uh, are, is doing something really cool. You're, you're running workshops and classes on filmmaking uh, with, you know, at-risk kids. And uh, I'm sure they're loving it. So just, you know, congrats to you guys and good work, okay? Thank you, and you guys, you guys can uh, they can stay in touch, and anybody who wants to be a part of the program can reach us and all the social media channels, Left of Bang Entertainment on IG, Facebook, Twitter, 
as well as the website, leftofangentertainment.com. And we're actually launching a Kickstarter in the next couple of weeks uh, to support the kids being able to be a part of the next independent film we're doing. So we're excited. That is awesome. All right, guys, you just take care. Have a great one, okay? Thank you. Yeah, man, we appreciate it. I've tried it. I've tried it, too. Did you like it? Boy, did we. This is the Spud Goodman Show. This is the Spud Goodman Show. It's coffee time. Say, Spud, your last guest, Chavo Guerrero Jr., is holding on the line to speak with you. Okay, I know you're not a real uh, expert so much. You're, you're not up on pro wrestling, but Chavo comes from wrestling royalty. The Guerrero family uh, are known around the world. I loved watching Chavo do his thing in the ring on WWE. He was a world champion tag team member with his Uncle Eddie. I don't know much about pro wrestling, but I read Donald Trump is good friends with that uh, Vince McMahon of that uh, WWE I think because our former president is quite the businessman, uh, like Vince. Yeah, you know, if he wants to get back into the ring with Vince like they did at WrestleMania 23, then maybe it would help him reboot his post-White House career. I mean, what else does he have going on now? He's just catching rays at his fake hearse castle in Florida. Just put Chavo through. There's some stuff I want to ask him. Okay, here he is. Welcome former WWE world champion wrestler and actor Chavo Guerrero Jr. to the show. How you doing, man? Well, what's going on, man? Uh, a little known fact is that uh, when you're in wrestling, you get punched in the face uh, you know, by an errant punch. We call it a potato. So uh, I've been spudded a few different times. <laughs> oh, cool. That's the first time I've ever heard that. All right. Well, uh, so you're the wrestling coordinator for the new NBC series, Young Rock, airing Tuesday nights at 8. Uh, besides uh, yep. The Rock, are you the only uh, other real wrestler working on the program? Yes. As of right now, it's really just me and Dwayne Johnson kind of putting this thing together. Uh, besides all the other crew and stuff, but really as far as uh, wrestlers were involved, it's, it's, it's just us. All right. Well, did, did you ever cross paths with The Rock when you were both on the wrestling circuit? Yeah, you know, we were both in WWE at the same time, and uh, uh, we, we we hit it off right away because both being third-generation pro wrestlers, and, and our families have known each other for years and years and years. And, um, you know, when when uh, this is the kind of guy The Rock is, back in probably 2003 and 2004, he was uh, filming the sequel to Get Shorty. So anywhere we'd be running, and he was still wrestling for SmackDown, so... Um, after every SmackDown television show, you know, he'd fly back to Los Angeles, well, uh, you know, on his own private jet. Well, I lived in Los Angeles, or I still live out here. So every weekend, I mean, every Tuesday night after after SmackDown, he'd, we'd jump on a plane together, and he'd fly me back to Los Angeles, and he and I would be up till, you know, four in the morning Pacific time, you know, drinking a cocktail and eating a steak and rapping on that on that plane you know so we really got to know each other pretty well and he's such a really cool great guy yeah well well let me ask you about who you're working with the cast or actors do you do you find some who are natural wrestlers but maybe there was someone in the cast who needed a bit more instruction than not so natural athlete well it's always that's one thing about wrestling is that you can you can be an Olympic gold medalist and not be able to make it in wrestling or you could you could be a guy that you know 
Nick can't even throw a horseshoe and all of a sudden be a great pro wrestler. It's just, it's, it's apples and oranges. Sometimes people get it, some people don't. But these actors really, really cool. I mean, they, they were all athletes, thank God, but they all picked up on it really fast. And they were all wrestling fans, so they <laughs> they were all excited to get in the ring and like say, hey, am I going to get uh, Kevin Makeley, who plays uh, uh, Macho Man, he asked when I first met him, hey, do you think I can do the Macho Man elbow off the top rope? And I'm like, yeah, well, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. And sure enough, we were able to do it, you know, and uh, he was so excited that, you know, afterwards, that he's like, man, you let me live my dream, bro. <laughs> that, that's what I was wondering about, though. When they screw up doing a choke slam or a face breaker, do you yell at them or you just let the director handle that? You know, you know what? So behind, I'm right behind the camera with the director during all the lessons. So he's kind of, um, you know, even though he's saying cut and action, um, he's looking at me basically for the wrestling approval or disapproval. So I would definitely be the one, you know, be the one either reprimand them or, you know, congratulate them. But there was never a reprimand. You know, it's, I, 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 I lead with love and not with, uh, <laughs> with having to yell at them because these guys, they, they're all asking, they're, you know, um, Matt Willig, who plays Andre the Giant, you know, he's got a Super Bowl ring. He's played, you know, 10 years in the NFL. So um, he gets it, gets being on a team and gets being coached. And all the other wrestlers, uh, wrestlers slash actors were the same. Well, so, but they could probably deal well with if you told them to drop down and give you 50 or maybe like take, you know, 20 laps or something. <laughs> all right, all right, all right I, I get it, I get you. Um, well, let's discuss your wrestling career. Uh, you come from a pro wrestling family dynasty, and that's to say the least. Your grandfather, Gory Guerrero, was one of the most famous Mexican wrestlers of all time. Your, your father, Chavo Guerrero Sr., is legendary. Your uncle, Eddie Guerrero, is legendary. How tough was it for you to follow in their footsteps? You know, it, it was it was tough, man. You know, same thing with Eddie. You know, when Eddie first started, you know, they would always say, "Hey, you're not going to be as good as as your you know as, as your grand your dad or your brothers." And you know, they told my dad he wasn't going to be as good as his dad, and they told me you won't be as good as Eddie. And you know, it, it is what it is. And one thing that Eddie told me was like, "Hey, man, we're all our own people. You're your own person. Be the best you." So that really helped me out a lot. Um, and man, we just, we love, we grew up with a wrestling ring in our backyard, literally. So this, this is just something we've done our entire lives, you know, it's just right. get in the ring and, and play, basically. Wow. And that was no different in WWE, it was kind of the same. Well, you know, in my case, I thank God that my dad wasn't a talk show host, I, I, and I didn't have to follow him. He, he bet on the horses. I, I don't know if it was a career, but it kept him busy. Well, well, let me ask you this. You were a two-time WWE World Champion tag team member. What do you do when your tag team partner messes up and, and really pisses off the other team, and, and they kick it up a notch, like, like get a little too aggressive? Has that ever happened? Absolutely. You know, but at the time, my, my partner uh, was Eddie, you know, so... He and I were, you know, even though we were uncle nephew, you know, we're only three years apart. We grew up as brothers our entire lives. So we knew that, you know, if, if someone messed with me, I knew he was right there and vice versa. So, you know, we didn't get that too much because if they stepped it up, then you were going to, you know, blood is thicker than water, you know. So I don't care how tough the other, uh, the other tag team is. You know, really, Eddie and I would have died for each other, so <laughs> you're going to have to kill us both. Huh. All right. Say, Spud. What? Well, you and I are almost like a tag team ourselves doing this radio show. I mean, 
I might not be willing to die for you, but I would do anything else for you. And and off the air, of course, I would help lend a hand. You know, if you had a flat tire and needed help changing it or wanted a ride home, if your car was in the shop, I'm there for you. Uh, hey, hey Chavo, just a sec. Okay. We are most certainly not a tag team, okay? We're not well, even close friends, let alone best work buddies. Gerald, no offense, but I doubt that anyone who works on this show would want to be your tag team member. If only just for that horrible aftershave you wear. It stinks. In the ring, you would win unfairly as everyone, including the ref, would tap out after a whiff of you. Oh, Mrs. Jarvitz, my wife loves Old Spice. She often gives it to me on birthdays and at Christmas. Rachel feels it is a very masculine scent. Okay, but just don't start using chaps if we ever go back into the damn studio, which my nose hopes we never do. Now let me get back to Chavo. Okay, I've returned. Great. Well, you know, you've, you've wrestled extensively in Mexico also. I mean, they take pro wrestling quite seriously there, huh? I mean, do you think they're the world's best wrestling fans? You know, um, between Japan, between, you know, Europe, um, you know, Mexico, here in the States, it's all a little bit different style, but just all unique and all great. I mean, really, really great styles, great fans. And, you know, when it comes down to it, wrestling is wrestling, whether you're doing it, you know, in, in Mexico, whether you're doing it in Japan. All a little bit different style, all those different fans, but wrestling still wrestling. Okay, all right. Well, let me close with my required talk show host question. Chavo, what has been your most <laughs> memorable moment, in, in your case, in the ring? I'll give you my, my required talk show guest uh, oh, right, answer. Super. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know what? But that favorite moments in the ring, man, there's so many different ones and between different opponents, you know, and sometimes the best matches we ever had were the ones that were non-televised, the ones that at like house shows we call them, the, the non-televised shows, because we had a lot of freedom. It wasn't like, um, you know, we had Mr. Band saying, okay, you have eight minutes, you know, you have to hit eight minutes exactly because then we got to go to break. You know, sometimes in those house shows we had, you know, you got 20 minutes, do, you know, do what you want to do out there and, and, and have fun. Sometimes those, the, the non-televised shows, sometimes were the best ones that no one besides that audience saw. Huh. Wow, all right. all right. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I, I know you got to get going, so let me say again that The Young Rock airs each Tuesday night on NBC at 8 p.m. Uh, seriously, we really appreciate you you know, taking some time to come on our show. Thanks, no, thanks, bud. Appreciate for having me. Appreciate it. All right, Mr. Chavo yeah. Guerrero, Jr. My, how time flies! You know, Spud, you might want to reconsider what you said earlier on the show. Yes, you may feel your life is less stressful without our former POTUS, but be careful what you wished for, as I think... No, 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 I, I think it's be careful what you wish for, not wished for. 
Well, ne nevertheless, I wouldn't get too comfortable as there's a very good chance Donald Trump will be returning to the White House. He has not deserted us. Oh, I'm really liking being deserted by him. Not having that cretin around, I feel, has tacked on maybe eight to ten years to my lifespan. And then you wonder why some people don't like me, folks. <laughs> no doubt, Aunt Dorothy. You know, maybe, you know, like the, the pharmaceutical companies are bummed these days as sales of their anti-anxiety and anti-depression pills are down. But it has to have, you know, picked up the spirits of millions of others. And dude, no way Trump wins in 2024. It's not going to happen. Oh. I wasn't just referring to 24. This could happen much sooner. Right now, the actual date he could to re return to office is a little bit fluid. There are a lot of moving parts, but very soon, Hugh has told us the storm will oh, finally yeah. arrive uh, someday. I, I think it's right around the corner, and it will bring order and sensibility to our country. These guys, they make millions of dollars. They're smart as hell. Mike grandfather might be one of those Q people too as he told me on the phone last night that Trump was still our president. He said he's just taking a break right now in Florida and will be back on the job soon. I know that was the dementia talking but still it kind of creeped me out. No need to be upset Chance. The truth should be comforting. No! He has every reason to be creeped out. He is a young man who's about to start a new life with a woman other than his mother. And the pall that Donald Trump would cast over us and the rest of this country if he returned to office? Uh, well, it sure wouldn't help our marriage. Don't be so overly dramatic about it. When I take my vows, Dorothy, I'll be pledging to be with you in good times and bad. We'll just have to suck it up if this happens. Uh, say, Trevor just texted me and said we have a caller. Do you want me to put it through? Uh, yeah, I guess. Put put it through. Caller, are you there? Yeah, man, you are such a dumbass. What is wrong with you? Yeah, I know. Caller, he, he just has this major crush on Trump, and he just, he just won't quit him. You know, I I kind of think that no no that, no no I'm talking about you. You are the host, right? Well, yeah, I am the host of the show. Yeah, I have listened to this show a few times, and I can last maybe ten minutes tops until you start talking about Trump. The only good thing about this show is your co-host Jeff, and he's pretty sharp. Yeah, well, it's it's Gerald, and thank you, caller. I try to make the most of the limited time I'm afforded on this show. Hey, bud, what's your problem? Uh, Caller, right off the bat, you know, you've lost any credibility w with your assessment of our program. Are, are you one of those Q people, too, like, like my co-host here? This caller is. I may want to use my clout as the most popular person on the show to give him the hook. I am having a hard enough time dealing with my grandfather. Who was that? Uh, that was our intern chance. He's just a kid, like like 22. But but for some reason, people like him, you know, or at least the listeners of this show I'd seem to. I don't know. I don't get it, but it is what it is. 22 and a half. Well, when Trump is back in the White House, he will finish what he was trying to do. Get rid of all you liberal media people. He owns you libs. I know uh, it would uh, be expensive to lock all of you up. Lock her up. That's right. Yes, that's right. So, I, I don't know what they will do with you. 
Look, all I try to do on this show is let you like hardcore Trump supporters know that you're you're kind of like the last one signed up to a friend's Amway sales group. You know, you're at the bottom of the pyramid, the very bottom, uh, but you still don't get it that you got screwed. Future generations of your family members will look back at your hero worship of that con man with extreme embarrassment. Get him out of here right away. Caller. Spud is a misguided soul. I, too, am hopeful that Donald Trump will resume his presidency and deal with the liberal media, the enemy of the people. But I don't think there would be any need to lock up Spud. You know, he could be oh, uh, a communist, but he has such a small audience. I mean, really, he, he's doing minimal damage to our country. You think we're bad for America? You think yeah. I'm bad for America? <laughs> well, who would have thought that our crappy ratings would save us commies from getting tossed into prison? You're a communist. Lady, you are the laugher, right? No way they lock you up. That would clearly be a waste of taxpayers' money. Why, at your age, you'd probably just get placed on house arrest. And that's easy time if you have decent Wi-Fi. Uh, caller, I have indulged you. I've given you a moment to express your feelings of, of like, I don't know, white male victimhood. Uh, I understand you're oppressed or, or, or made to feel like you are. I, I think the word uh, to describe you, what, it was deplorable or, or, or Neanderthal? Not a joke. Uh, yeah, but, but when the shoe fits in life, we sometimes have to wear that shoe, no matter how bad it feels while walking in it. So just get, get rid of this guy, okay? Come on. Oh, you can't handle the truth, huh? Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! No, he can't, caller. And maybe after that storm does come, he'll see the error of his ways. That's really my only hope for him. And when it does come, you might want to look out for my show, as this is going to bring about many changes in the entertainment industry. God, I sure hope so, Jerry. Where we go one, we go all, right? I mean, this is where we go on from here. Uh, Jerry? Uh, Jerry, you there? Uh, I'm sorry, I had to hang up on your cue, buddy, as, as I need to close the show now. We should screen our calls better. Yes! And who was supposed to do that? Well, I told you I would be happy to do so if I had an assistant to help me. Spud, Chance desperately does need some help in his intern position, as he is so overburdened by all of his duties right now. And, and you know... I could use a personal assistant, too, in my role as co-host. Some days, I'm completely overwhelmed in my role. Um, um, you suck. Talk to management, not me. I don't write the checks. Anyway, okay, I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you could be, and I mean that. God bless and ciao. Later. The Spud Goodman Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman. Executive producer, Lori Madsen. Producer, David Brenneman. Produced at Rosedale Audio Productions. Associate producer, TJ Pite. Video director, Wyatt Young. Production assistants, Brian Martin and Chance Morrison. Original music by Mike Spots and Tom Harmon. On-air talent, Rob McGee, David Deere, Pam McGee, and Tom Nolan. Copyright 2021, Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. <laughs> <laughs>